Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro, and we are back getting ready for Monday Night Football. The Washington Commanders coming to Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles, of course, 8-0, having beaten the Commanders way back when, week three. Carson Wentz, the quarterback then. Taylor Heineke, the quarterback now. We'll get our first look at the Commanders. Zach Selby will be joining me in just a little bit. It's also a really special night at Lincoln Financial Field. It's our salute to service game. Among the many things that you can experience if you are there uh, is a full flag being unfurled on the field for the national anthem, which will be uh, performed by the U.S. Army Chorus. At halftime, the United States Marine Corps will have its silent drill team, and that is a treat, an amazing feat for them. So they'll perform at halftime, and then we will have decorated veterans in the stands and they will be honored and we thank everybody for their service and the eagles of course this is not just a one night or one day commitment this is a year-round commitment to our great servicemen and service women who make america the very best country in the world so we're excited about that and the pageantry on monday night uh, asante samuel former eagles cornerback will be joining me here he's our uh, our honorary captain for the game the thief, and he will tell a really funny story about breaking his curfew at a very special game. So, a little exclusive for you there. Funny story from the Wayback Machine. Uh, the hometown hero, uh, by the way, just getting back to that, Dakota Meyer will join me as well. So, we'll talk about what the program really means. Uh, we will also have Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach, a little one on one with him as he gets ready to take his eight no Eagles into primetime once again. But we begin with an interview. Safety Marcus Epps, who's played 100% of the snaps for the Eagles. What a rise in his career. Former sixth-round draft pick of the Minnesota Vikings. Eagles getting him off of waivers a few years ago. And every year he's gotten better and better and better. And now he's a mainstay on one of the best defenses in the National Football League. So let's start it right there. The Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. One-on-one in the studio, Eagle Safety Marcus Epps. Pleased to be joined by Eagle Safety Marcus Epps. Looking good there. How are you feeling today? Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing great. I, I feel like, um, so there, I was just thinking, I was walking in here to the interview, and I was thinking of this Miley Cyrus song, The Climb. I won't sing it for you, but I feel like that's kind of, I, I, I've talked to you so much through the years that that's a good description of your career mm. as a Philadelphia Eagle. Has it been a climb for you? Yeah, definitely. It's been a journey. Um, but that's always been uh one thing about me is I've you know, I've always just kept my head down and kept grinding. Um, always knew what I was working toward and, you know, never let anything uh deter me off that path. And not, like you walked on at Wyoming, like nothing has ever been given to Marcus Epps. That must make it very satisfying that you're a starting safety playing great football on a defense that is among the best in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. Um definitely feels good but it's something that I try I try not to you know get back and you know think about um you know how far I can I try to just you know every day just come in and, and work toward where where I want to be where I want to go um you know because that's how you you stay hungry um and that's how you you know keep from getting complacent oh, so so for those who are listening Marcus how how do you do that like do you meditate like what do you what do you do to keep yourself grounded every day um well, the big thing that keeps me grounded is just my wife and kids. Um, you know, I, everything I do, I do for them. So, you know, just being around them, being able to spend time around them um, is a bit, is big for me. And then, you know, I listen to music a lot. You know, my favorite artist is Nipsey Hussle. Yep. Um, so, the late Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I... Uh, I listen to him a lot, um, and I think I think he a lot of his lyrics are are about that. It just you know the it's it's a marathon and just um, you know continuing to grind, continuing to work for where you want to go. Um, were you always a kid, you know, in high school or whatever that you always kind of just kind of stayed where your feet were, like or did you like or did it something that you've learned through the years? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's something that's always. You know, we're, we're, we're all human, right? So, you know, everybody's always going to, you know, it's not easy to, to to stay in the moment at all times. You know, it's natural to, to look ahead um, sometimes, but it's something that you always got to, you know, just tell yourself of, you know, just stay in the moment, um, enjoy the moment. Um, 
So, you know, I, I would say a little bit of both. I, I always found football players, some anyway, like they're always on edge. You use the word enjoy. I mean, there's certainly an enjoyment, mm. but there's a, a thin line between enjoyment and complacency. Agree with that? Yeah, definitely. You don't want to, like I always say, you don't ever want to feel like, okay, everything's cool. You know, we've arrived. Like we've we've done anything. You know, we you always want to have that edge, like you said, have that edge, that hunger of, you know, there's so much more out there to accomplish. And in order to do that, you got to keep working every single day um, to get there. Do you do you pay attention to social media? Uh, not a lot. I'm actually, um, I delete the Twitter app off of my phone right now. Um, oh, really? I try to, I try to just stay, stay away from it. So. Are you worried that, not worried, but like, is it just to guard against people just telling you that you're so good and that the team is so good and you're 8-0 and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Cause I, I love talking to, nobody on this team is like, feels like 8-0. I mean, it's great and everything, but like, nobody's like, yeah, hey, yeah, this is fantastic. It's like, Hey, we haven't won this week. We haven't won, and we haven't done anything in this mm. season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's for me. It's just, just any outside noise. Um, you know, to me, like the opinions that matter most are you know the people in this building. Um, and we, like you said, we know, we, like eight and zero is cool, but we we haven't done anything in the grand scheme of things. And you know, in terms of what we want to accomplish, eight and zero really doesn't mean anything. So you know, we know we still have to come in every single day, put the work in to get to where we want to go. So. Um, you know, if we're always, if we're hearing people telling us we're always good, that, that can, that can kind of get in your mind. So, you know, we try to stay away from that. Marcus, I think the last time, if I'm correct, last time we really spoke at length was in the spring OTAs. You were in position to win a starting job, had not mm -hmm. been named the starter. So take me through what's, what's happened since then and, um, how you became the starter and, and kind of just the approach that you've taken. Yeah. The, just even from then, um, you know, in my mind, I was the starter and I was going to be the starter because I was just that was just the approach I was taking. Like, hey, this is this is my job to lose. Um, but in knowing that my biggest thing was, you know, you still got to go out there and earn it and you have to you have to show it, you have to prove it. So, you know, just just like I always done, I made it, you know, a point to kind of come out to to camp with, you know, a chip on my shoulder like I've always had and just just prove my worth, basically. And you're proving your worth. How, how do you feel you've played? I mean, the defense has been terrific, and we'll get into that, but how do you feel humbly that you've played? Uh, I feel like I've been doing solid. Um, still a lot to improve on, um, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think uh, with Coach D. Will, he does a really good job of pushing me, um, pushing me to be great, pushing me to always look for something to improve on. And, um, you know, I think that's a big reason why Two, I come out to practice every day and work at those things. Explain what a safety does for those who see CJ, you know, diving and making interceptions and you guys making hits and feeling like, what do you do? What is your job responsibility? Uh, you know, in this defense, it's a lot. You got to be able to do a lot of different things. Um, you know, first and foremost, you got to be able to communicate um, very well, know what you're doing and others are doing um, in order to get them lined up. Um, you got to be able to do a variety of different things in terms of skill set of playing um, different types of coverages, playing in the box, playing in the slot. Um, and then you just got to, you know, you got to be able to make some plays. You got to be able to to keep the ball from from going over the defense's head. So is a safety in 2022 more of a, a, a safety, but with cornerback skills? Like I'm trying to, we, we've talked about the evolution of the safety position through the years. And, you know, the back in the day, you see a picture on the Pro Bowl wall. Michael Lewis in 2004 was a strong safety in the box. And mm -hmm. it was like, boom, overnight, it, the game changed and he had to cover in space. And yeah. like some of those older safeties couldn't do mm -hmm. what you guys are doing. Now, do you, are, you a, are you a cornerback or a safety or is, it, is that um, I think it's really just a... Just a defensive back. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's kind of how I really consider myself. Um, and that's, like you said, that's just how, you know, the game is gearing towards. I mean, most teams nowadays don't even have a fullback on their roster. So it's a, it's a completely different game. Um, teams are really trying to air it out and stretch the field. Um, so you got to be able to do do those different things. But at the end of the day, teams are still, you know, try to run the ball down your throat. So you got to be able to, 
you know, when the time comes, go go down the box and, and you know, fill your gaps, tackle well, take on blocks, all of those type of things. So, you know, it, it, it is versatility and it's, you know, it's a combination of things um, in terms of skill set that you have to be able to do to play safety nowadays. You come into the season with all these new pieces and three of them, including yourself, as a mm -hmm. full-time starter in the secondary. Um, take me through how, how, you know, and James didn't really play a lot in, in training camp. He got hurt and CJ comes late. Like, how has it come together so quickly, do you think? Honestly, I think, uh, you know, I've gotten this question a lot, and I think for me the biggest thing in terms of our chemistry, I think how we are in the room off the field just carries on so well onto the field. I mean, the chemistry, we have, like, a really good vibe in the room. Like, it's it's a real brotherhood. Um, you know, it's just, it's just real chemistry there, and I feel like when you have people – that are compa compatible, compatible like that off the field, it makes it so much easier to work through things on the field and see things the same way on the field. Okay, I'm going to make a, a, a statement here. If I'm incorrect, do not hesitate to tell me. So I'm going to make my read on Marcus Epps. Scrapper, scraper, you know, climbing from the from the bottom, walk on at Wyoming, not drafted in the NFL. You know, you make it like you, you're, you're, you make the Vikings, then you come to Philadelphia, and then all of a sudden you're here, and you've got to be kind of the guy who's got to bring help, bring you and Slay, bring James along, then bring CJ along. And maybe you're starting to feel more of like a leader in that moment. Um, fair read, incorrect read, have you maybe you've always felt like a leader. Maybe it helped you grow up and gain a little bit of confidence. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I have always seen myself as a leader, but I've always felt like I've, I'm more of a, you know, a leader, lead by example um, type of person. I've never been you know, the most vocal, um, even in, even in, uh, college, you know, I was, I was a three-time captain, but I felt that True. the reason why I was voted captain then is because, you know, my teammates saw the way I worked, saw the way I carried myself. I came to work every day, practice every day. Um, and I screwed up the, you got drafted. So I apologize for that. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I apologize six for round. that. Yeah. Six no, round, right, right. Yep. I screwed that up. Um, I was trying to make this big dramatic <laughs> story and go ahead, but keep no, going. Dude, no, sometimes good. I'm not right, but yeah, go ahead. No, it's all good. It happens but... every now and again, like once a year or so. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I just. But like, you're like, you, just... like every, you, you had to kind of get everybody, get yourself ready, right? I mean, mm. I'm imagining that when CJ came in, he's looking at you like, Marcus, what am I doing mm. in this season? How, how are you going to get me ready for the opener in Detroit? Yeah, but that's just. And, you know, I, I take this game, you know, I, I love the game of football. I have a lot of passion for it, and I, everything I do, I take it very seriously. Um, so, you know, when it comes to, you know, film room, you know, knowing where to where to line up and, and things of that nature, I I don't ever slack on those things. I don't ever slack on the preparation of it. Um, so, you know, I feel like that helps me help others as well. How important is watching film, and, and how does one watch film um, and, and make the most of that experience? Oh, it's extremely important. Um, you know, at this level, everybody's talented. Um, you know, everybody, it's, it's the best of the best. So for me, that's one thing that I learned early is it really comes down to the mental aspect of the game of breaking down film, knowing your opponent, um, knowing what's coming so that you can play certain coverages or certain route concepts um, a certain way. Um, so it's extremely important. Uh, Washington, game two here. We saw them in week three. I mean, I, what else is there to learn about the Washington offense? They've got a new quarterback here that you, you saw last year. I mean, tell me about what you're expecting on Monday night. You know, it's a divisional game. So, as always, expecting a really hard-nosed football game. Um, you know, it's never – winning in the NFL is very hard, but even divisional games is even harder because, um, you know, we, we know each other so well. So, you know, it really just comes down to – you know, execution and who's going to who's gonna come out there, play more physical and, and, and execute. And they've got great receivers, right? I mean, they've yeah. got they've got McLaren and, and Samuel having terrific mm -hmm. seasons. Dotson, yep. a dangerous player. Like, you, you're, is that what you were looking at most is the wide receivers? Yeah, very talented receiver group. They have some a couple of talented running backs as well. And I yes. feel like, uh, you know, the last three games that Heineke's been in, he's been he's been doing a good job. And I feel like they rally around him very well. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a tough battle for us. Um, you know, we know they're very talented, but, um, you know, one thing we always focus on is it, it's about us as well. Um, it's about how we come in and prepare all week, and it's about how we, you know, execute. So, Does it feel, we're talking on Wednesday, we haven't played since last Thursday. Does it feel like forever since we've played a football game? <laughs> 
Yeah, a little bit, but it it has been nice. You know, those Thursday <clears throat> those Thursday night games are are never easy. Um, you know, so body's usually pretty banged up after those Thursday games. So it's nice to have those, you know, that three day weekend, and now you know, kind of just get back into it, get your body refreshed, and, and get ready to go. And how old are your kids? Uh, my son Braxton just turned six on Friday, yes. actually, and then uh, my son MJ will turn two in January. And what is your uh, skill level with poopy diapers? <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm an expert now. Two kids, uh, I don't really like them too much, but you know, it's, it, it comes with being a dad. Do they play sports? Uh, yeah, my older son, um, he's doing flag football, and then he just actually started indoor track as well. So, okay. and then I know you before you leave here, you know you've had the gym running. Uh, you want to do a little plug for the gym? How's it going out in, in Cali? Oh, yeah, it's going great. It's going great. Um, you know, it's been it's been a blessing to kind of see where we started with that journey and, and where it's at now and, you know, how people who've, you know, really, you know, come in and really kind of embrace the culture that environment, and environment we're trying to have at the gym. And, you know, we've been getting good feedback. So, you know, it, it's been good. But, you know, just like everything else, got to got to keep climbing. And okay, so and then also interception club in the secondary, Marcus. I mean, let's go, I know, man. I know, I know. You must be getting you must be getting cracked on in the, in the in the meeting rooms. Yeah, definitely am. But you know, it's it's gonna come. Uh, the biggest thing with me is I just, you know, tell myself every time, you know, I just, just got to do my job and it's gonna come. So, I'm, so I I feel very very. I just feel like you know the one percent better mantra from Nick is something that you've been living. At least since I've known you, since Philadelphia, everything, every little bit, your number, everything just keeps growing, and growing, and growing. That's yes, sir. That's really yes, admirable. Sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Keep going, man. All right, yes, Marcus Epps, thank, thank you. you so much for joining here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Nick Sirianni is doing his best to be one percent better every day, and it's working. The Eagles eight zero, of course, getting ready for Washington. I sat down with the head coach, talking about a couple of things here, beginning with an offense that is getting the job done in tight quarters. Here we go, our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Welcome, Eagles everywhere. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. It's time for our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Monday Night Football, Washington Commanders coming to town. Coach, and start with the offense here. The last two games, touchdowns in every quarter. Uh, What does that mean to you, and how do you explain that consistency? Yeah, you know, we weren't we weren't great before the bye uh, in the second half um, as far as scoring points. Now, maybe we, we were doing okay as far as taking some time and, and uh, off the clock and being efficient, but not scoring points, and we needed to be able to put, put games away. And uh, so that was that was a big emphasis for us over the bye week is to be able to score points uh, after the second half. And we've done we've went out there and we've been able to execute and, and went. So that's that's important to our, pro- our progress and where we want to go. A lot of the success certainly on Thursday night seems like a million years ago in Houston, four of four in the red zone, seventy uh, percent touchdown efficiency inside opponents' twenty yard line. Why the success? How do you explain being so good inside the twenty? Yeah, great execution uh, the other day um, in in Houston, and so a lot of that. I mean, it's just a full team sport, right? As so, it's going to be good offensive line play. It's going to be good tight end play. It's going to be good wide receiver play and running back play, and most importantly, quarterback play. Jalen's been very efficient in the red zone over the course of the last two years, and that can look differently at times, right? That's not always passing the football, but it could be running the football. So his turnover to touchdown ratio, when you add up all the touchdowns, is pretty darn good. And then we're not shooting ourselves in the foot down there. We're staying ahead of the sticks. We're making sure we're in uh, manageable third downs when we do have it, because that's, that's a tough position to be in when you're third and long in the red zone. Speaking of the run game, we are halfway through this 17-game season, long marathon season. You need depth at running back. You've got four of them on the active roster. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about your use of those four and, and what each of those four players bring to the table? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Miles is obviously our go-to guy who's going to get the most carries week in and week out, and he's done a great job of protecting the football, running hard, seeing the field, making making really good plays. And so Miles has just been a really good player uh, these first eight weeks of the season. We look forward to him continuing that, you know. And then you got guys like Boston and – and Kenny that that spell him, right? When he needs a break or in certain situations on third down or in certain plays on first and second down, all right, they all have a role. And then and Trey just uh, continues to wait his turn. He's continuing to progress on the scout teams and in practice. And we saw what he was able to do when he, when he went in there. So really excited about our running back room. And, uh, you know, we feel like we got a really good running back room with some great depth. Nick, you talk a lot about leadership and how much it means to you 
as a head coach. How important is it that the right tone is set by the team and that that message from the coaching staff to the locker room is the right one? Yeah, sure. You always want to be in, in lockstep with the players and, and uh, you know, going through and, and doing what's important to, to help you win football games. And we think like just the way we practice, how we go about our business, our process and how we practice, that's, those things are important. And we got great leaders on this football team that, that know what it takes to get to the top. Um, and they know that's the common denominator of teams they've been on. And I know it's common denominator of teams I've been on are, you know, teams that practice hard, teams that, that connect and teams that compete. And so we're just, you know, we're just continuing to try to preach that. And uh, I know the players are as well. Speaking of that, continuing that theme, the leadership theme, Jalen is the leader here, a young guy, young quarterback in a group of very mature veteran players. It seems like he took to that role very kind of seamlessly. Your view of how that happened and, and why he is the guy in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, one, it's just the way he goes about his business each day, each and every day, coming to work, working hard, being the first one here, last one to leave, studying the plan, knowing the plan inside and out. Um, so he can go out there and execute. And so he takes his craft very serious. I mean, he does a good job at it. And, you know, and then he's a guy you want to follow. He's completely under control in all points of the day and all points of the game. And yeah, I just think that that's a natural thing for guys to want to follow him because of who he is as a leader and who he is as a football player. On the defensive side of things here, Coach, final question. 18 takeaways, best in the league, great number. You're watching the tape. You're studying the defense. What are the factors that lead to these takeaways? What has been so impressive as you see it? Um, I think what you're seeing in our secondary is guys that are making opposing quarterbacks pay when they make a mistake, right? And so you see the, the play the other day where Davis Mills uh, steps up in the pocket, makes him, probably makes a mistake, right, in the sense of he, he threw it with a little bit of pressure in his face, didn't get a great ball on it, and, and Chauncey was able to catch it and make it a turnover, which, which really swung the game. You know, that wasn't an easy catch. And so like, what I mean by that is, like, even if you make the slightest mistake, those guys back there can make you pay. And then, obviously, too, the way we're rushing the passer and getting hands on the ball there and being able to, you know, take the ball away from the quarterback before he even passes it has been really good by, all, by our defensive ends, defensive tackles, and, you know, the guys that are coming after the passer. The Washington Commanders have Carson Wentz on the sidelines. They've got Taylor Heineke on the field. What does that mean for Monday night? It's our first look with Zach Selby from the Washington Commanders. Zach, it's that time of the year again, second time this season. The Eagles and the Commanders, a lot has changed since the teams first yeah. met. And um, I guess it all starts at the quarterback position. We, we spent a lot of time talking about Carson Wentz the first time around. Now we're going to talk about Taylor Heineke and what he has done for Washington and kind of where it stands in your mind with Carson Wentz potentially moving forward. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just like everyone uh, imagined at this point of the season, right? Uh, Carson Wentz is unfortunately not going to be available for the Eagles game, um, which I'm sure is going to disappoint so many Eagles fans. But, um, you know, over the last you know three games, uh, Rivera put it best uh, on Monday – uh, it's, it's a bit of a roller coaster with Taylor Heineke, which is honestly what you would expect. I mean, when he makes these sensational plays like he did against Indianapolis Colts and uh, Terry McLaurin, everything is just uh, amazing. Everyone is so excited and hyped up and thrilled that he's that he's on the team. And then you know you have these dips where you know he makes these uh, these plays where like he did um, on Sunday where he throws the interception where he really should have just dumped it off to a pivot or Dax Mill was available it makes you kind of wonder, like, what's he seeing out there uh, in, a, in a situation like that. Um, but I think he's done enough to add a spark to this offense. I know that everyone on this team trusts and believes in him. They all love him so much. I mean, it's very clear whenever he was announced that he was uh, going to be the starter uh, for at least, you know, for the next four, maybe, you know, at least until Carson comes back. Um, that they all, all the all the players just were behind him completely because they knew what he could do. He knew that, that he was going to give them their all no matter when he was going to be on the field. And I think they really deeply respect that. As far as what Carson's going to be doing, um, you know, he's at least going to have to be out uh, for this game against the Eagles. Technically, technically according to the, uh, the injury reserve rules, he is allowed to come back after this game. Um, but it seems like they're going to try to like, evaluate him and see where they're at. He was doing some throwing drills uh, in pregame, not like nothing too crazy, so I wouldn't get too hyped up about that. But 
it, it seems like he's doing everything he needs to do to stay in football shape is very important at this time of year. Um, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I think, um, I think they're not going to try to be too overly crazy to get to, to rush him out there if he's not ready. Zach, that said, with, with Taylor Heineke, what is the personality of this Washington offense? What are kind of the go-to plays or concepts or, you know, is it a run team, pass team? Do we know yet? You know, that's interesting. I think that's the question that a lot of people have been trying to ask, and it seems like they're starting to form something over the past few games. And if you look at, you know, that three-game win streak, um, you know, with Carson and then, and then Taylor in the last two games, it seems like they're trying to establish the run game. And, I mean, since since, since, we, since the Eagles have last played Washington, Brian Robinson is now available and he's continued to look pretty solid. He's like their downhill guy. He's going to fight for those tough yards. But he also has the ability to bounce outside and get some get some yards in the perimeter as well. But it seems like that duo of Robinson and Antonio Gibson, Gibson being the slasher uh, sort of guy who's going to use his speed to get outside. That seems like what they're what they're trying to build. No matter you know, no matter what's going to happen. No, they're not like Tennessee where they're just going to run forty. 40 times at you until they break loose, but they are going to, they're going to, they're going to run at you. Um, they're definitely going to, they're, they're going to do that. And as far as the passing game goes, I mean, some people have saying, have joked of, well, you know, screw it. Terry's down there somewhere. Um, but I, I think that that's, that's kind of been what they're, they're, they're trying to do. They're trying to get Terry more involved early in games. And that, as you can see, you know, based on, you know, the Packers game, and the Colts game, that was something that, that really, I mean, you could argue that Terry directly directly led to them winning those games, um, especially against the Colts where he comes up with that really clutch 33-yard reception down there at the one-yard line to essentially ice the game for Washington. So it seems like that's what they're trying to do. Um, they're they're going to try to let the, let the running game dictate how they react and then go from there. Zach, the, no doubt, look, the first time the team played, the team played the nine sacks. Eagles really overwhelmed Washington. A lot of that, honestly, was Carson maybe holding the football too long. Final offensive question. We know the weapons are there. Has the offensive line played better? I mean, how would, how would you kind of evaluate the play of the offensive line? And, and certainly as it pertains in part, in large part, to pass protection. Yeah, I think the on the line definitely has improved over the last, you know, especially the last few weeks. Now, I mean, you, I mean, there's you could argue there's really not much further down to go when you allow nine sacks. Um, but I think you know having Taylor provide some of that scrambling ability to avoid some pressures has helped them out a lot. Um, I mean, one that one play that I think of a lot, um, but the fourth down play against the Colts. Where you see you see uh, you see Taylor kind of kind of rush up into the pocket a little bit, back up as he sees a rusher coming towards him, scrambles out to his right, and finds Curtis Samuel for a conversion that ends up being a really 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 key play in that drive. Um, so I think that's that's exactly what you're seeing. Like yeah, like the pressures are still going to get there. Obviously, there's still going to be some moments where the defensive line of the defensive ends are going to to win. But at the same time, you have an extra little weapon here, if you want to call it that, of having Taylor come out there, you know, have some of his elusiveness and keep plays alive for just a little bit longer so he can find a dump off or maybe, you know, you know, if something something really goes well, you see Terry way downfield. I would talk defense because they're a very impressive group and it all starts up front and um I don't know if Chase Young plays Monday night. Your thoughts on the front seven, front four, pressure. Washington does so many good things on the defensive side of the ball, starting up front, kind of getting back to where the performance was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think, honestly, the way the defensive front has been playing, um, honestly, not just in this three-game, uh, you know, during the three-game win streak, but really before that, they've been playing a lot closer to that 2020 form that we had when all four of them were together for the first time. And our play-by-play um, guy, Bram Weinstein, uh, brought this point in his column that since allowing 24 points to the Eagles in that first half of week three, they've they have averaged 16.5 points per game over a 6.5 game period. And if they did that for the, for the entire year, that would have put them 
second or at least top five in the NFL during the points allowed. So I think that just shows you that this group is very stingy. Um, there, I mean, the, the front had 11 quarterback hits on on Kirk, on Kirk Cousins um, on Sunday, and you could tell a lot of times he was really getting to him. There was one play where I I don't know how Kirk stood in there and made this play, but he delivered a you know a 47 yard shot to Justin Jefferson, but he took a big hit himself, um, got leveled um, for for making that play. And he had to sit out for for a play, um, and, and let uh, Nick Mullins go in there and hand it off to to Dalvin Cook. But I, I think that that just shows you that how well, that shows you how well this front is playing right now. I mean, Mont- Montez Sweat is a monster, but I mean, their their two leading um, passers right now are interior guys, and that and that's Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And that's not a knock against these defensive ends because they're all playing very well it just shows you that they're pressured they're all coming and bringing pressure at a very high level and in terms of chase young i mean they're the, everything we're hearing so far is very positive uh it seems like everything he's taking strides in the right direction but at the same time they do not feel at all rushed to bring him back i think i'm sure they would like to bring him out there for monday and maybe the extra day of prep um probably helps them a little bit uh, but it's going to come down to his conditioning because, as we all, as we both know, you know, I mean, being being in physical shape is great, but you're also having to go up against, you know, 300 pound offensive linemen for 60 60 minutes at least. So uh, it's a very different in terms of that in terms of that regard. But I think everything we've heard so far, he's he's doing the right things. Zach, finally, I mean, just a tough loss on Sunday against Minnesota, double digit mm-hmm. lead in the fourth quarter, just just. I mean, it, it, it didn't, doesn't torpedo anything. I mean, in your mind, is Washington legitimately making a playoff run? I believe, I believe so. Um, you know, I think, I think this is going to be this, – this game on Monday night is going to be a big-time measuring stick or honor her as all about these measuring sticks. If they can, you know, somehow pull off a win here, um, and I think you start to take that playoff push a little bit more seriously. And it reminds me a little bit, you know, during that three-game winter, not of what they did last year when they were 2-6. and six. Go ahead, they, they somehow, you know, they, they find a way to upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they go on a little bit of a run to get 6-6 six and six and set themselves up perfectly uh, in those last, that last little stretch there with, all, I think, all of them being division games. Um, I think, you know, this game is going to tell you a lot about how the rest of the season is going to go for Washington. If they can somehow pull off an upset, I think you're back to 500. You've got, you know, these pretty, you know, these pretty easy, easier, quote unquote, easier games against the Texans and you've got the Falcons and you've got a whole, you know, you've got two division games. You've got everything basically in front of you. If they, if they lose, you're going to have to do some more catching up. And I think they can possibly do it, especially with the way the defense is playing right now. I really think it's I really their wins have honestly been dictated by how well the defense has been playing. Um, but this game is going to tell you a lot. I really do. I really think it's going to be dictating a lot about how the season is going to go. Zach Selby, thank you so much. Um, and we'll see. I, I think it's going to be a very, very tough game. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive for sure than than in that that last matchup. But Dave, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. In our extra point, Asante Samuel, one of the great thieves, thieves, thieves of the Eagles secondary, an interception machine. Part of that 2008 NFC Championship game run, one step short of the Super Bowl. Well, he is the honorary captain for Monday night's game, and I had a chance to speak to him recently about his time as an Eagle, and he told me that he violated curfew, so he had to make up for it. Here we go. Let's catch up with Eagles legend, Asante Samuel. All righty, here we go. Three, two. It seems like yesterday when this guy was playing for the Eagles, Intercepting passes, making big plays, leading the Eagles to the NFC Championship game in 2008. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, and I'm joined by Asante Samuel, former Eagles cornerback, our Microsoft Teams Legend of the Week, an Eagle from 2008 to 2011, 10th in franchise history with 23 interceptions. Asante, great to see you. Uh, let's talk about that time with the Eagles, those four seasons. What do you, what do you take away from those four years here in the city of brotherly love? 
Well, first of all, Dave, thanks for having me. It's been a minute, you yep. know, talking to you. But, um, man, playing for the Eagles for four years, man, it was an amazing time. Um, you know, uh, some amazing teammates, you know, amazing atmosphere. The fans was, was, was great, hilarious. I mean, the fans kept me motivated more than anything. So, um, man, just going out there, and every time I made a play, you know, that, that energy that, uh, you know, that, that they reciprocated for me uh, was so awesome, man. So it was, it, was, it was just something different than going out there for the Eagles and playing on that field and touching that grass, you know. I, you always had so much joy when you played the game of football and when you dealt in walking around the Novacare complex in the locker room dealing with reporters, you always just seemed to have fun. Did I re Am I reading that right? Yeah, man, that's what it's about. That, you know, that's what uh, I try to uh, let people understand, man. You know, you got to go out here and try to make this thing fun and try to have a have a good time, you know what I mean? And um, that's what I try to do every day in practice. I try to make it a competitive environment, also a fun environment. You know, with me running my mouth, you know what I mean? It makes it fun and competitive at, uh, at the same time. You know, I'm not trying to down nobody or diss nobody. You know, I might take some shots at you to make you want to get back at me, but, you know, that's what it's about, competing at the highest level. So, you know that you got to make it a fun environment. It's a must. It's a must. Asante, I, I consider interceptions an art form. You're, you're a thief out there. What is the secret sauce? Like, what was your, you know, what was your ability? Why were you so darn good at it? I remember talking to you one time, and you told me you could read Eli Manning. Like, you knew where Eli Manning was going to throw the football. What? Why were you so good at getting your hands on the ball? I think um, it's, 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 it was my, all about my preparation and understanding what I was preparing for. You know, um, a lot of, everybody works out. Everybody thinks they work out hard. You know what I mean? I think I work out more smart, and I think I work out on the things that needs to be done. And I think I, I, uh, that's what separated me from a lot of the uh, people, you know what I mean? Because, you know, my technique's my technique no matter who you are. Um, you know, uh, my ball skills, my ball skills. You know, I don't care if you're 6'5", 6'8". You know, they throw a jump ball. I'm going to get to the ball before you. I'm going to jump before you. I'm going to time it up faster. So all those things, what I think made me a little different from everybody else is, you know, trying to go in and get that ball. That was the number one goal. Yeah, no doubt. You did it great. Um, in 2008, you had already won Super Bowls with, with the Patriots. You came to Philly. Teams kind of up and down during the regular season. Then you get into the playoffs, and it's time to get hot. Interception return for a touchdown in round one. Nearly an interception return for a touchdown against the Giants as well. Then to Arizona for the NFC Championship game. What do you remember about that playoff run, and, and why did it happen? What do I remember most about that playoff run? I think the, the uh, I said it on my podcast. I'm sorry. But uh, the, what I remember most about that playoff run is sneaking out past curfew and getting caught <laughs> the day before the game. <laughs> and guess what? I had to I had to get an interception. So I got an interception and I had to give it to security for not turning me in. So that was the memory for uh, So Dom playoff. caught you, huh? <laughs> Big Dom yeah, caught no. you. I love it. Uh, hey, you touched, you touched on it earlier, Asante. This Philadelphia is a different kind of city for sports. I mean, kind of just elaborate a little bit. How would you describe the sports culture of the city? Oh, man, the, the, the sports culture is, uh, is crazy and awesome at the same time. They love you and dislike you at the same time. So, um, man, you got to have a strong mind, strong strong head. Don't pay attention to, uh, you know, what all, you know, all the things they're talking about. And at the end of the day, what you here for? Go make plays, do your job, and everybody gonna love you. <laughs> yeah, no, you had fun with the media, though. I remember you had really good relationships in the locker room. You, you did turn it into kind of a good time. Yeah, that's what it was about, man. I mean, I, I think I uh, try to host a few boxing messages between Les and um, Les and uh, I, I can't think of the other guy name, but uh, yeah, just having fun, man, and creating a fun atmosphere, man, making everybody. You know, it's just not like we dragging our feet when we coming to work today. Like, you know. Get excited. That would be that would be less and Jeff. Yeah, and they're <laughs> and they're still Jeff, around. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, you're, you're, yeah. you've got a, a new a new uh, bloodline in the NFL. Asante Jr. Second year with the Chargers. Um, how involved have you been throughout his career? What's it like having your son in the NFL, man? How 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 into it are you? Oh man, it's a dream come true, man. Um, you know we've been at these things since he's been a kid. The same way that I've been at it since I was a kid. So it's a dream come true. Uh. You know, you get to see what your, what my, I get to see what my mom got to see with her being in the stands and rooting for me and cheering for me. So, man, it's an awesome thing, man. And, and he has great ability. He's a great football player, and he, he loves it. So, man, I, I, I'm blessed. Nerve-wracking to sit in the stands and watch your son play? 
Uh, nerve wrecking. That's an understatement. Um, <laughs> woo, I think like I say I see what my mom and everybody was going through when I step on that field. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing these days? What, what do you got going on uh, besides, of course, making sure that Asante Jr. doesn't miss curfew? Um, well, I, I have the one son and I have five daughters. You know, my oldest daughter just went to UCF on a full scholarship. You know, everybody's in track. I got a couple track stars and, um, you know, they just won straight state championship. And I'm doing my podcast, if you can see it, The Art of the Interception, baby. The Art of the Interception. Exactly. Right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and it is, it absolutely is an art form. The way that uh, cornerbacks have to play receivers now, it's just, it gets harder and harder and harder, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, and, and I, I'm trying to evaluate that. I think some routes may be, became a little bit harder where they look like they're going all the way across and turn around and stuff. But I think the cornerback's technique is just not staying as technical as it should be. That's I think it's a lost form. People don't know how to teach it. Like I say, working on the things that I know was the right. People think they might be working on the right technique, but they don't know the right technique. So you can't fault anybody. It's just You just don't know. <laughs> hey, you're going to be here uh, this week, Eagles and the Commanders. Uh, what will it be like for you being back on the field, seeing the fans, hearing the fans, uh, being an Eagle again for a day? Man, it'd be it's gonna be awesome, man. It's gonna be awesome to come out here and see uh uh see these Eagles whoop up on the commanders. You know, that's new for me, the commanders, the Washington commanders. But um, you know, stepping on that grass, being able to, you know, just see the football players get ready to run out on the field and seeing the fans in that environment, man, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome, man. I love it. Can't wait to see you, Asante Samuel. Great seeing you, and we will see you this weekend. Big one against Washington. Thanks so much for joining me, Asante. Take care. All right, Mr. Pick Six. Deuce here, I'm out. <laughs> Take care, man. And we conclude our Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group with an interview from one of the hometown heroes who will be at Monday night's game, a decorated military veteran, and somebody who's here to tell us the story of what it really means, what this program really means. Yes, Monday night will be inspirational, and we'll feel really good about saluting the service. But it's much more than that. It's about getting the veterans back into civilian life successfully and everything that goes into it. Dakota Meyer, I know you've been involved in the Hometown Hero program for many years. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for your service. Um, before we get into how this works, how fans can get involved, why this is so important, tell me a little bit about your military background and why you are involved in this this really important program of hiring our veterans. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you so much for having me on. And, and yeah, it's always it's always an honor to be able to come up. You know, the Eagles, the Eagles definitely um, they definitely support and, and make sure that they they put it. Uh, you know, for this game, they always come out and, and make sure to um, you know honor their veterans second to none for sure. Um, but you know, so I served in the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps for four years. Um, I, I was a sniper from. 2006 to 2010 went to Iraq in 2007 uh and then came home and then went to Afghanistan in 2009 where ultimately I, I was in a gunfight that um ended up being the result the results of that gunfight ended up where I was awarded the medal of honor so yeah that's that's kind of my my background on that and then where I I graduated or so I got out of the marine corps in 2010 and um, understanding that, you know, after, after going to combat, it was, it was one of the surprising factors that, that the transition part was you know, of getting out of the military was the hardest part. It was the hardest aspect of it. And so just like, just like a lot of our veterans do, just like we, we try to do for, for the next generation, we try to make it a little bit better. And so I teamed up with Toyota and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce on hiring our heroes to try to help bridge this gap. You know, I, I, I truly believe that, that you know, the – the World War II generation is remembered as the greatest generation, not only because of, you know, the battles that they fought and the battles that they won, but, but more importantly of how they came back and they, they came back into their, their, you know, to the United States of America and they led this country out of the great depression and, and got it back on its feet and, and, you know, went out and, and did it by with their hands and by working hard. And so that's why, that's why this aspect of it is, is so important and so passionate for me is, is I feel like this is, you know, this is, this is where we're going to really make a huge difference. Dakota, you're the honorary captain for the game against Washington. Um, what, what kind of what role do you serve as as part of the partnership with hiring our heroes? 
and Toyota. What kind of what kind of impact do you think you're making? You know, look, I, I'm an ambassador uh, to you know the Toyota and, and hire heroes, and, and what I do is is my role is to go around and and talk to you know the the. Uh, you know the NCOs, the people who are who are leading the, the small unit leadership uh, across, you know the the all branches, and, and trying to help bridge that gap. Trying to help, hey, get, get, look at this. This is what I wish I knew whenever I was in your shoes. You know, look, I, I'm out of I'm out of the Marine Corps. You know, I'm I've been out for over 10 years. But but you know, going back and and, and telling them, hey, look, the struggles are no different. Like life is good when you get out. It's scary for sure. But but you know, hey, here's here's the roadmap to doing this. And being successful. Why is it so difficult? It seems ridiculous, impossible. Yeah. Why is it so hard for veterans to to find jobs, to transition back, to you know, to be accepted back into society? Well, you know, I, so I, I I don't I don't you know I think I don't think that there's any. I think look, America loves their veterans. Like, listen, America loves their veterans. Um, they, they appreciate the people that serve. So I don't, I don't think being accepted back, I think it's, I think it's about really just, you know, um, giving the roadmap of, of what does it look like? What does, what does success look like? You know, how, how to fulfill that purpose. You, you talk about these men and women raised their right hand to go serve their country. They, they gave up their dreams, their beliefs, not their beliefs, but their dreams and their, you know, their aspirations and their goals for themselves and, and said, Hey, selflessly, I'm going to raise my right hand. And they're not doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they believe in this country. They believe in what we stand for. They believe in this idea of democracy so much. They're willing to go defend it across that give their life for it. Of people that they don't even know. Right. And so, it's about taking that same passion and, and, and bottling it up, and it's about packaging it up, and it's about, about giving them the roadmap on what success looks like and how, how to be successful. I mean, here, here, I'll give you a perfect example. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I thought that all I was was a sniper. And much to my surprise, there's no sniper openings in corporate America. Right. But, but the, it's not about being a sniper. It's about those fundamental aspects of me that made me successful as a sniper is what I have to go apply to anything I do in life. And it's the same, it's the same recipe. It's just applying in a different way in a different package, right? Whether I'm being a dad, whether I'm, you know, whether I'm out, you know, running my own business, whether I'm being an employee, whether I'm walking in a room speaking, it doesn't matter. It's the same formula that made me successful in the Marine Corps, just applying it in a different package and, and delivering it a different way. And that's all we have to do. These service members come out with with skills that that you don't get by going to school, you only get them through life experience, and and you don't get them by reading books, and you don't get them by anything other than going out and doing it. And that's what they've done. These, these service members have done that, and so now it's about us helping shape that package to where you know it it, it, it comes and, and people can understand it in corporate America. Dakota, I thank you for for correcting me on that. For because um, I, now I, it, it, you're, you're providing me a roadmap as well, and I think. That is what's so important is, is letting people know how we can help these veterans and, and, and who have tremendous skills, how do they apply them to the civilian life? I mean, is that the biggest challenge that you faced in the transition? <clears throat> hundred percent. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, America loves its veterans, right? Like that is, that is America treats and loves its veterans like no other country on the face of the planet. Um, so I'll say that. I, um, but, but again, like, you know, the, what we've got to do is help shape and, and package up, you know, like, again, how, how do I come out and do, do you have any, do you know of any job openings for snipers right now? Unless you want to go into law enforcement or something like that. Right. But is there, there's not, there's no, there's none of that. Right. But, but when I tell you that, Hey, look, like I, I, I could go over, you talk about logistics. Like I used to manage and, and, and plan logistics for resupply in a middle of a combat zone, uh, with, you know, at multiple different levels at, before I was 21 years old, I was in charge of a, a five man team with millions of dollars in gear and all the way to the level of decision making down to taking people's lives if I needed to. You know, when you look at that level of responsibility that, 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 that these young service members have had within four years, the leadership that they have, being able to come out, it's a no brainer. For, for corporate America, they're, they're looking for these people. And I'll tell you right now, it's like I, I tell all these service members, I said, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you what's in high demand right now across the, across the globe, good people. 
good people. Yep. And guess what? People who wear the nation's cloth are good people. Yeah. It's great. It, you're, it, it's about education, and it's about make, bringing awareness. Now we want people to take action, Dakota, right? So the yes, people sir. who are watching this game on Monday night and who are tuned in and, and who hear about it, and we, we've done all this promotion for it and, you know, making people – how do they take action? How can people who are watching help veterans and spouses find jobs? Yeah, look, go go to resumeengine.org. Um, you know that that's if you're if you are an employer, go sign up on resumeengine.org. There are already service members, uh, you know, on there. Uh, we've got um, also if you're if you're looking to build a resume, if you're looking to, we've got workshops. We've got we've got literally the roadmap for you to to get out if you're transitioning or you're looking to hire somebody. We've got the roadmap to to make both of those meet right, and that's at resumeengine.org. I'll tell you one one aspect that's overlooked a lot is their military spouses the families of our service members, right? So we've got careerspark.org as well. I mean, these families, you know, they, um, you know, they sacrifice as much to service members, um, you know, as, as, as their service members are going over. And sometimes I, I, I challenge people that sometimes that they sacrifice a lot more. And, um, you know, so, so careerspark.org, I mean, you're talking about the people who've been willing to go out and do the nation's bidding, and, and, and that's where it's at, right? Look, nobody's looking for a handout. The days of the handout of feeling sorry or, or all that, like, but look, service members aren't, we're not charity cases. We're, we, we're assets. And, and that's, what, that's what veterans bring to the table is, is, is assets, and, and that's what they are, too. You know, corporate America is realizing that. People are realizing the, the assets that, the, that these service members are inside their businesses. Dakota, one more time on that website, and, and just what kind of success have you seen in the years that you've been involved with the program? I mean, so it's, it's resumeengine.org and then careerspark.org, right? And, and we've seen a ton of success. I mean, when you go across and you look, I mean, when we started this program, the veteran unemployment rate was higher than the average unemployment rate. I think, I think don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that when we started, the veteran, the unemployment rate for veterans under the age of 25 was over 20%. And, you know, look, it, it, it's not there anymore, right? Like, we, mm-hmm. we, we chiseled that down. We turned around. Look, it's not – this is not a hard thing. This is not a hard thing. It's like you've already got the – you've already got a premium a, a premium product, you know, coming out of the military. It's already, like I said, put, you know, hands-on and, and has gone and done it and, and not just not just read books about it, but they've, they've gone and, and, and they've actually done this. And they've, they've been against challenges. They've, they've been in positions of, you know, of, of leading people. And so, you know, it's not a hard product. Again, it's just about packaging it different and, and, and going out and, and telling people what they're getting. Dakota, thank you so much for joining me here uh, for this very – way more important than the game of football – incredibly important message and I, I know the fans will respond and i thank you so much once again for your service and for your time here and keep up the great work thank you so much that'll do it for this episode of the eagles insider podcast presented by lincoln financial group i'm eagles insider dave spadaro we would love it if you could leave us a comment we really would it makes a difference i have a link for you in the details section of your podcast library. So go to it now and we'll start riffing with some of those comments soon. I want to thank Peter Kelly and his crew for putting it all together. Ray Doyle and all the production team for making this happen. Our media relations team at the Philadelphia Eagles for bringing Nick and Marcus and all the players each and every week. And of course, every one of you who joins us for each of these episodes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll be back in the wee hours of Tuesday morning following the Eagles commanders game on Monday night, it'll be our instant reaction Eagles Insider Podcast. Until then, everyone, thanks for joining. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!